Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, everybody. I hope you all were able to reflect on Martin Luther King's legacy yesterday. Uh, in America, Martin Luther King's Day is usually celebrated on his birthday. I'm not sure if other people do uh, celebrate uh, his day in different parts of the world, but I just thought it was an interesting day to reflect given the current time that we live in. And, and I think his message of, of choosing love, um, you know, despite how perilous times may may seem as one that rings true especially today so i hope you all were able to reflect on that and um you know tap into your inner love muscles today's episode is with mike and ann howard love this particular episode because it really has a different way of of talking about travel these are two amazing individuals who decided to take the longest honeymoon ever and so they decided to go to basically every continent in the world and they detailed their journey throughout that in the book. And, and throughout the interview, we're talking about different ways couples and, and people that are, are traveling in Paris can go together and really discover themselves, but also have untraditional experiences that amplify their love for travel, but also take them to the most unknown corners of the world. There are, the interview is filled with travel tips, but it's also filled with interesting ways to manage and save money while traveling. Hope you like the episode. Check it out. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guests are firm believers that love and travel make the world. A better place. Mike and Ann Howard left on their honeymoon in January 2012 and have been exploring the globe ever since. They realized that life is short, the world is big, and the value of travel is too great to wait until retirement. So to kick off their marriage, they decided to take the trip around the world on what has become the world's largest honeymoon. Using Han's background as a national magazine editor and Mike's as a digital marketing executive and photographer, they created HoneyTrack.com to chronicle their journeys across 50-plus countries and seven continents. They share tips for anyone looking to mobilize their travel dreams. Their unique journey, engaging blogs, savvy tips have been acclaimed by the Washington Post, Condé Nast Traveler, Los Angeles Times, Daily Mail, CBS, and many, many, many more. We're here to talk about their book, Ultimate Journeys for Two Extraordinary Destinations on Every Continent. And 
we, we I can see a big National Geographic logo here, Mike and Adam. Does that mean that um, it's sponsored by them? Uh, it's published by them, yeah. Published by them. So uh, their book is published by National Geographic. And as we were talking earlier, this is a great book uh, for those looking to really step uh, step and move on uh, from their you know New Year's resolutions. Maybe they decide to explore the world more. This uh, these book is full of uh, actionable tips. And for Valentine's Day, it's coming up. You know, you and your loved one. Maybe it's time to explore a new part of the world. Welcome to the show, Mike and Ann. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's good to be here. The pleasure is mine. I'm so excited to have you on here just because travel has been the, I think, my favorite thing in the world to do. I mean, it, initially, in my background, it wasn't necessarily uh, my choice, <laughs> but it was as I started to grow up and find myself in constant locations, I found that I learned a lot more about myself and about the world than I probably would have if I had stayed in one place. So I'm curious to hear about what really sparked that curiosity when both of you decide to leave on this um, a long, long, long honeymoon in January 2012. Um, I think we felt similarly about travel and the 10-day vacations we were taking as, you know, New Yorkers with corporate jobs and, you know, kind of living for those vacations because you do, you come back rejuvenated, you come back learning something new and thinking about, you know, your world differently and your role in it. And, you know, when it came time to picking a place for our honeymoon, you know, we wrote it all down and we we're like, this list is getting real long or real fast. When are we going to do these things? You know, and, you know, this moment, this thought of like, well, why not now? Like if we don't get started now, you know, we're never going to achieve all of these, these dreams. So, you know, we, we set the dream in motion, started planning and saving and, Within a year of this idea, we were uh, on our honeymoon, and that was January 2012, and we uh, have, have yet to return. So still out there exploring the world on this honeymoon. <laughs> and for those listening, they, they took a one-way flight from New York City to the Amazon jungle, and you know they saved, they researched, and prepped for 16 months. And I believe, and you know, you sort of you had a list of places, and then Mike said, why don't we do them all? Yeah, I mean, it's basically... You know, like we, we figured a lot of people wait until till retirement to kind of do something big, like to really get out there and explore or follow their dreams, right? There's this whole mentality and it's very pervasive in uh, in the States, in the USA of like, okay, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to save all this money. And then when I'm 65, it's just going to be this, win- I'm going to have all this money saved up. I'm going to get my social security. You know, everyone's going to be out of the house. And I'm just going to go travel or I'm just going to go start this job or I'm going to go start writing or whatever their dreams are. But, you know, life just changes, right? We all know, like, people get sick, people get cancer, you know, people have eight grandkids that they then want to hang out with when they're 65 and they don't want to be hiking Machu Picchu or, you know, sleeping on a bamboo hut in Indonesia. And we just realized that we could wait and, like, roll the dice that maybe we'd, we'd be in that place that we could have those experiences or do them now, remove any of that risk, and basically be a better person for it for our entire lives, from age 30 to 80, instead of like, you know, for the last 15 years of our life, have these awesome experiences, like get them in there early, and just like change who you are, and like, just be a better human being for for our entire lives, as opposed to just like that last little quarter, you know? No, I love it. And I'm talking to Mike, and Ann Howard, who are Smithsonian speakers and National Geographic authors of their new book, Ultimate Journeys for Two. So, Mike and Ann, you, you know, someone's listened to this and thinking to themselves, okay, it's great. This is, this is six years of traveling. 
But what about your job? What about your family? What about money? What, how, where? Like, how did you not have fear? How did you save money? How are you making money? Oh, we had fear. <laughs> we had plenty of fear. You know, it sounds very fanciful to go just quit your job and travel the world, but there are a lot of logistics behind that. You know, I, as dreamy as it sounds, I did have a momentary freak out being like, yeah, are we ruining our careers? Are our families going to kill us? Are we never going to be employable again? Are we going to come out as like dropouts and fall off the planet Earth? I mean, there was, you know, or also just the, the basic fears of, you know, will I get sick? Will I get robbed? There's so many fears that hold people back. And really, if the risk of waiting is, is far, far greater and scarier than, you know, oh, just staying home because it's safe. Because, I mean, the amount of experiences we've gained and how much, uh, just the stronger we are as a couple and as as people, um, that is that was worth every risk. And you know, we could not have been more thrilled with this decision. But yes, to be to be fair, you know, we, we saved a little nest egg. Not crazy. We actually, in our mind, budgeted a um, hundred dollars a day, and we thought, okay, if we can save enough for a hundred dollars a day for the first year, so we would we would live off those savings. Um, and then as we started traveling, we're like, we're traveling for less than $100 a day. And, you know, we're finding ways. So as the years went on, our budget kept getting lower because we kept getting better at travel hacking and, you know, figuring out freaking flyer miles and having kind of, you know, some very cool immersive local lodging uh, experiences that actually didn't cost a thing. And um, it was very sustainable. It was way cheaper than, you know, just paying our mortgage back in, you know, in Hoboken, New Jersey. And like on the money side of it, I mean, now like people ask, you know, what about your job? I mean, you know, people do have that fear, but I think people are so caught up in this idea that like they need to work this stable nine to five and have somebody protect them and, you know, give them health care and an office to work at. And those things are great. But as you know, like when somebody has that entrepreneurial drive, there are so many more options for them. And especially nowadays with people working online and doing interviews over Skype, you know, you can be anywhere in the world running your business. And especially when you move out of that big city where rent is really expensive and food is really expensive and you start living internationally, your price of living drops dramatically. And you're, you know, you're living on a beach in Thailand or, you know, on the coast of India for $10 a day. And people are looking at your photos like, wow, that is the most dreamiest place you could imagine. And you're living for you know, a 20th of what they're living for in New York or Atlanta or Miami or wherever they are. Right. So, I mean, cost wise, like it's it's exponentially cheaper for us to live on the road, which is probably surprising to people listening. But our budget last year, uh, we calculated every single expense, every credit card expense, every single ATM withdrawal um, that we spent in 2016 and our full budget for flights when we actually flew uh, and lived in 10 different countries last year lodging, food, visa fees, technology, everything we spent last year, our total budget was under $25 for the two of us. So about $12 per person per day wow. was our all in nut last year. So I mean, when when and that's like not including earning that's that's just like our every cost we made, uh, or that we that expense we took we had, every yeah. expense we had last year. So I mean, that's that's if you just had your savings, and you didn't want to work at all, you mm -hmm. could live at that kind of level through some travel hacks, which maybe we'll get into later. Um, but then we also know a lot of people that, that do pick up odd jobs, you know, whether it's in Australia picking fruit or being a nanny in Europe and they, and they travel the world 
We have multiple friends who travel the world and have zero impact on their bank account after a year of traveling the world because they'll pick up odd jobs along the way and they'll work for room and board. And so it's it's much more achievable than than the normal, you know, the average person thinks. It takes a little hustle, but it's definitely achievable. I, I love that both of you broke it down that way. And I also imagine with both of your careers, um, I'm a big fan of, of people using their story to make an impact. You're all able to to in a sense, monetize your stories. I mean, you, you and with a, a background as a magazine editor and Mike as a, you know, photographer slash digital marketing executive, you, you probably know how to use your blog uh, to, you know, to get it attention, how to consult with other people that are probably looking to travel, how to even just write a book right now that gets published by National Geographic. These are all other ways that you can monetize, um, your story while still living um, on less than, I guess, $12 a day or about $12 a day. Yeah. And, you know, the idea is we did not start our honeymoon to make money. I mean, we honestly were like ready to dig into savings because it was worth it. It was absolutely worth every penny to have these experiences out there in the world. So it was, you, you, I think when people think, oh, well, I'm going to start a blog and make money that way and travel the world, it, you can't go into it thinking about that that way. You have to go in for the love of travel and uh, exploration and sharing, uh, you know, had that cultural exchange because if you come into a place of, of uh, you know, this is my retirement plan, I'm just going to make money with a blog, It's it's got a real slim chance of success rate. But I think because we came from a genuine place and it was truly for, you know, the love of each other and the love of this world, it it did, it resonated. blossomed. Yeah, and it, and it resonated with people, fortunately. So. Yeah, and I think that, so good. I was going to say that that, like, you know, you know, to all the entrepreneurs listening, that goes to pretty much, and I was an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life. I've never had a W-2 uh, <laughs> in my life, except for one year where I was consulting and got a W-2. But every, other than that, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And it, it goes to any kind of business, whether it's travel or, you know, writing a book or selling cars or whatever it is. Like, you've got to find what you're truly passionate about and and do that because, one, there's not going to be a lot of money for a long time. And if you're not passionate about that, it's hard to get through those times. Or if you have a bump in the road, down, you know, a couple of years in, there's going to be times when there's no money coming in and you need to survive on that passion or love of what you're doing. And secondly, when you have that passion, like Ann said, people recognize that. Like you can put on the best show in the world about, oh, I'm having the best time here. But if you don't really love what you're doing, people are going to know that. They're, it's going to, that energy is going to kind of feed and um, so, yeah, you got to go into it for a love. And if you truly do, then you're going to find good content, good stories, meet great people. And then that's, you know, in the blogging world, that's going to then attract advertisers and sponsors who want to align with, uh, you know, with your with your mission. Absolutely. And first of all, ladies and gentlemen, nomads and anyone listening, aspiring world changers, it's very, very important to uh, to really take in the point that they that Mike and Ann just um you know, elaborated on. And I, you know, I opened the question with talking about the, the opportunity to monetize your story. But the ironic thing is that if you really do what it is that you're passionate about, whether it's with business, whether it's with, with travel, what happens is that, you know, those things will come later on because you're actually staying true to what it is that you're, you're passionate about. Now, if you go in there with sort of the wrong foundation and sort of looking to maybe get rich quick, it sounds like from what, you know, I'm listening to you, Mike and Ann, it's very similar to, you know, what we all talk about here on previous episodes with building businesses or starting movements. 
um, no movement will be able to last on a shaky foundation. No business will be able to last on a shaky foundation. And if you want to travel the world, um, it's also the same sort of thing. You you can't go into it thinking that blogging would be what what what's you know what you see on Instagram and be like this you know lifestyle entrepreneur because then you you're you're going into it for the wrong purposes. So I uh, really appreciate both of you elaborating on that. Absolutely, and and to further that point, it's um, we didn't make money for our first couple years on the road, but we learned how to live differently and bring our burn rate way down so that it wasn't stressful, you know, because we weren't making thousands of dollars a month, you know, we because we learned how to live for, you know, very little, but then and also just to be happy with less. I think that's a big point is that we were living, you know, the kind of New York City lifestyle where you're going out to dinner and your people are buying, you know, the, the fanciest, newest thing for clothes or cars or whatever. And you got to just like let all that go because one, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make you happier. You don't need it. We pared our whole lives down to two backpacks. And, you know, even years on the road, we, we came back to our storage unit, opened it up thinking, ooh, like, oh, all of our things, how exciting. We were like, oh, dear God, what's in there? Like, slam the door. Like, we don't need any of that. Right. So it's about like streamlining your life and what really matters and when you realize you don't need much to be happy, you don't also, um, you know, you don't need to make much to be happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 50 plus countries and seven continents. Let's let's break it down a little bit. Let's start with last year. You, you Mike, said 10 countries last year, 12 months. What I'm hearing there is slow travel because that, that you know, averages down to a little bit more than a country a month. So can you talk about what slow travel is and maybe even the travel hacks that you use to uh, to really get into these type of countries? Sorry to clarify timing only because we just started 2018. So I think we're all turned around. So that was actually 2016. Mike was describing where it was very much slow travel. We oh. did a lot of house sitting and lived in, in 10 countries and while we were writing this book because it's hard to pin two nomads down. Um, we knew we needed to be responsible and sit at a desk and get all of our thoughts together for this 272-page book. Uh, but we yeah, also sure. were like, we are inspired by new places. So we chose our office, if you will, in you know a villa in Croatia and a farmhouse in Portugal and uh, a beachside apartment in Costa Rica so that we could still kind of have that travel uh, bug uh, fulfilled and and but still get some stuff done. So that's a great way as a nomad to if you have a business that you're exploring, um, house sitting has been a great way to be have some stability but still have that uh, sense of adventure and. And that's definitely like one of our favorite travel hacks, uh, if you want to call it that, because you know it it's an amazing such an amazing way to see a culture to immerse yourself in a region of the world, because usually the people that have their house watched, you know, want their house watched after, they're not living right in the tourist center near the attractions or near the Eiffel Tower, although some are, but like the majority of them are more in like neighborhoods and more remote areas. So you really get to be in a place where tourists never visit. You get your local grocer and your fruit guy and you meet your neighbors walking around town. And like, so it, it's such a beautiful way to, to become a local instantly in a very unique way. Then the hack side of it is that while again it's you know it's a little bit of work you don't just go like Airbnb and say oh I want to go to you know this remote region of France in two weeks let me just book a trip you need to apply and 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 build up your resume and 
and build some credentials, but it's it's free. Like you don't get paid anything and you don't pay anything. They pay the utilities. A lot of times they they leave us their car, their cell phone. We basically, you know, take over their life for anywhere from one week to we've seen house sits as long as one year that somebody wants their house looked after. So if people are flexible, if they run remote businesses and they're responsible, um, oftentimes there's a pet involved. So hopefully, uh, you know, you're a dog or a cat lover or a llama lover, or we've taken <laughs> care of chickens and rabbits and all sorts of stuff. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you say llama? <laughs> we didn't take care of llamas, but we've heard of llama house sits. But we've taken care of, uh, we took care of like five rabbits and five chickens in central Portugal. Ten chickens. Ten chickens. Last, last summer we did a six-week house sit on this veggie and like chicken farm in central Portugal. And it was one of the most like formative experiences of our trip, just meeting all the local Portuguese grandmas and trading onions for the figs that we had a fig tree that was just exploding. And it was, uh, you know, it was such a cool experience. And we lived there for six weeks. We didn't pay a single utility bill or rent bill or Wi-Fi. And the homeowners were awesome. We overlapped with them for a little bit and heard about their life. And we got a lot of writing done. And then we hopped on a train and went to Lisbon and explored there on our own for a couple, you know, for a week or so. And um, yeah, so it was just such a unique way to travel um, and see a new place. And yeah, for people that are thinking, oh, I, I can't afford that. Well, our budget on lodging last year was $375 for the entire year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's like a dollar. You can't find one month's rent for that, really. No, anywhere. You can barely get a one night hotel. hotel in right? that. Yeah, um, you can't find a room for one night sometimes in New York City like that. I, I live in New York City, so it's, it's... There you go. You know. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that was, I mean, that was part, like I said, that was 2016. I'm still, like, 2017 in my mind, but... But um, 2017 was a very different style of travel, which was an exciting chapter for us, because, you know, five years of purely nomadic life where we... truly nomadic, had, but, like, backpack. Back, like backpack basically, yeah, backpack, suitcase, That that's all we had with us at any point in time. And then big, exciting development in April, we bought a vintage RV. So it's this cute little thing. It's only 20 feet long. His name is Buddy. He's a Toyota Sun Raider. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, it's, it's been amazing because what a concept that we could still explore every day, but still have a closet and a bed that didn't change and an oven and like, so little comforts of home, but you know, it's, it's a tiny home extreme. It's very small, simple living still. We're still nomadic, but we do have a little bit of consistency and stability, which has been uh, very uh, invigorating, I think. And the irony is kind of like, uh, you know, anyone else who's sitting at a desk, you know, listening to this is like, oh my God, if I could only just get in an RV and break free and like, just live out on the road and be nomadic and to a pair of nomads who've been living in backpacks and suitcases for five and a half years, we're like, wow, a home, like, you know, stability, like let's get an RV and be stable. So it's like, it all depends on your perspective. We do change homes every single night, meaning our scenery changes. And that's like the most amazing part, waking up in a, a new location, be it, you know, on a lake or a river or a beach and a mountaintop. So that's been really exciting. And also another way that keeps our expenses way down uh, there's a lot of ways where we do not stay in RV parks. We're actually, we have solar panels and um, we get 18 miles a gallon, which is pretty darn good for a, for a decent sized vehicle. So we, um, yeah, it's, we stay, there's so much public land in America that's absolutely gorgeous, like national forest. And we're kind of getting back to nature, which has been really interesting. And through a series of different, uh, anyone is interested in uh, 
in boondocking and kind of exploring nature and staying for free places, there is this amazing app um, called Ultimate Campgrounds, where we basically survey all of the surveys, all the national land where you can stay for free and, um, you know, legally, safely, all that kind of stuff. And we've explored some very cool corners of the countries uh, at no cost with that. Which we need to support our public lands. Yeah. Yes. And we always know. Keep we always pay fees when, when applicable. We're happy to explore in you know, yeah. state the national parks and, and do some of that as well. Yeah, you, you two are the perfect uh, National Geographic uh, advocates. This is that. That's exactly it. I love it. That's that's true. We don't get to talk about the public lands a lot, or the fact that um, you know what, of what or what it's like to actually live and interact with locals. And and you know, I'm uh, I've always I was one of those kids that used to get the subscription of National Geographic when I was eight, nine, ten. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's always interesting to see this. I, I want to talk about a lot of things because a lot of you, uh, both of you just said many things in there that I, I could peel back on. So the first thing I want to talk about is this idea of not traveling as a tourist, rather traveling as a local. And I, I read a part in the book where, you know, both of you make an effort to learn, you know, some of the local language and telling someone that, hey, your food was delicious can mm-hmm. actually make you a lifelong friend. Can you share more of those tips where people can actually um, go into different countries and be more? Uh, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Part of the fabric of that, of that culture as opposed to just... Um, checking it off their, you know, bucket list? The Well, yes, it goes a long way because if you, yes, English, we're fortunate as English speakers who are listening to this, uh, that it is a very global language, but do not rely on that. You know, even if you think, you know, oh, everyone speaks English or people will know what I'm saying if I say thank you or please or hello, it, it's a cultural etiquette that I think does go a long way that you care. You want to know about them and to, that you were in their home and you are a guest and to be, you know, nice and, and friendly and, and learn those basic phrases. And the more you can learn, the better, obviously, but you know, always hello, thank you. And you know, goodbye. And our favorite is delicious because you are learning, you are eating generally two to three meals out a day. And that is a natural, um, sort of it's it's a connection point that it's it's an opportunity to get the chance to know somebody and because it's a little unexpected it's an obscure word that's not on every tourist uh you know hello thank you list it 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 gets a smile always and and then from there who knows where to lead you yeah i've got uh one or two maybe to throw in there that are super easy to do uh and should be on pretty much every travelers and tourists you know uh to-do list when they go to a place 
And one is to take local transportation. Uh, I think two, you know, people, when they're going to a new country, well, one, you know, people are on usually a shorter time frame. So, um, you know, they've maybe got 10 or 12 days for their trip or maybe even seven. So they feel like they need to pack everything in and get to the airport and get in a taxi cab and speed to the hotel. And then from there, take a private car up to the Mayan ruins of Belize to see this and then back to the beach to snorkel and all this stuff. But sometimes like taking local transportation, while it might take a little bit longer, one, it's going to save you a lot of money because they charge tourists out the wazoo to have private transportation. And two, you'll meet such amazing locals because obviously the locals aren't taking a taxi cab. They're not flying in an airplane when it might save you a few hours. But if you can take that local bus from the airport or take a train between two cities or take a local bus through, you know, South or Central America, like these things are not scary at all. There's friendly people there. You'll eat food. You'll stop for meals along the way. People will share things, sweets and snacks with you. And you'll get in little conversations. Maybe it's with hand signals. Maybe it's with your Google Translate. But like, you'll just have really cool experiences. And it might be a little bit slower. But I promise anyone who tries this technique, I'd love to hear from you. If you come back from a trip and you take a local train or a local bus, that, that, that one of those experiences you have on that public transportation is not one of the coolest things that happens on your entire trip. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to dwarf the beautiful temple or, you know, whatever you get to. Like, there's some really It's cool about things. mixing it up. I, you know, it's and it because it is an opportunity to see the countryside and, you know, take things in at a slower pace and, and to see them how the locals do on their route to work or, you know, home or whatever it is. I mean, it, we do actually just put out a, a, a blog of our 10 most memorable moments from 2000 days on the road. And half of them are transit encounters, you know, be it even the hiccups that happen, they always end in a funny story and, or, you know, or someone who amazingly came to the rescue, like the time when our, our motorbike, we actually rented a motorbike for this one and go, maybe we should have taken a local bus. And, you know, we break down in the middle of the jungle in Thailand and we're like, we are in trouble. Like, there is no one around. It's getting dark. Forget cell service. Like, we have just got to camp here on the side of the road and hope that someone nice comes along. And lo and behold, within the hour, you know, we had this amazing man, Pepitome, and uh, his his wife swing by and take us in for two days and, and you know, cook us dinner and we're sharing stories and, you know, swapping language lessons, tie in English with the kids and hanging out on the farm. And, you know, it's because we, we took a risk. And um, But if the Mike's one of your favorite quotes, insert here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite quotes, I think, which relates to, you know, our journey and anybody who's thinking about it. And it's just like you've heard it before, but maybe leap and the net will appear, right? It's like a, I think it's a, a proverb from somebody way smarter than me. But just this idea that, you know, you, you can take a leap out there and you can take a leap for, you know, towards humanity or towards something that might seem risky to you. But there's always a net out there. There's always someone else who's looking out for you, some other traveler who's going to team up with you or some local who's going to pick you up on their motorbike. Um, and we've, I mean, we've literally been on the road for 2,300 days now. And that net has been there so many times. We've never le- left and been like, wow, just hit the ground and like nobody was there to, to catch us. So, and you know, like- it's about being smart and having a good head on your shoulders too and not relying on other people, but going out there and just being a good person and, you know, showing that you care and that you're respectful when you go into other countries and, and ways of living and, uh, 
you know, it, it comes back to you, you know, that, that kindness. So go out there with a smile. Absolutely love it. Leaping in that will appear is also one of my favorite quotes. He or she who says she can't do it or she can are both usually right. Um, yep. just do it by, by Nike. All these things are, are all embracing the idea of seize the day, carpe diem. And it, 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 I hope that as you all are listening to this, that the idea of, of understanding that the world is bigger than you truly are is, is very, very important. And given today's context, today's backdrop, today's, um, political slash, uh, you know, economical and business landscape, I think we are all starting to understand the importance of, of listening to, to the other side, to appreciating other perspectives. And, you know, whether it's even just you understanding that someone else in another part of the world has the same basic needs as you have, whether it's to have, you know, send their kids off to school, to live, to exist. I think one of the best ways for you to, to actually build empathy, to, to, to build self-awareness is to put yourself in a different environment that you may not be used to. Put yourself in an environment that you may actually feel uncomfortable in and then see what you learn about yourself because that's how you truly advance humanity, whether it's about helping um, outdoor parks, animals, or just you know advancing the rights of people that might be voiceless or have been voiceless for years. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's 100. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't even uh, say it better. I mean, that's, a, that's what we feel so often. And even to my example, not to you know, belabor it anymore, but like taking that local transportation, even if nothing truly earth shattering happens on this, but like just being alongside these super rural people that are living in ways totally different than you They're Yeah. They might be carrying their rice onto a bus or, you know, bringing their chicken vegetables and just like being next to them and seeing them as a fellow human being and someone else that has love for their family and their kids drawing on a coloring book, just just seeing that they're they're a human just like you, it immediately erases this idea that's being perpet you know perpetuated all across US politics these days and international of like the other. Like we need to be scared of the other because they're coming to take your things. Like they're they they have it out for you, you know, like but in reality, it's nothing like that at all. You know, everyone's just trying to Co coexist and cohabitate and put some food on the plate for their family and they're doing things as best they know how and like travel is just such a, a beautiful way to break it down and it doesn't need to be far it could be local travel it could be the next one over from you or the next state over from you and see how those people live and um, you know we're, we're such proponents of using that to, to break down those barriers I have a good story that plays in this if we want to on a tangent yeah yeah um, so this is a this is a, an amazing story. So the Middle East, for example, we had not been to the Middle East until uh, March of 2017, and uh, we are in the, the world famous Petra, right? One world, and it's actually my birthday, and so Mike has actually stepped it up here with a nicer hotel in the capital of Amman, and we're but it's using you know, points, using, using points, points, by the way, and but it's Saturday, <laughs> and the buses do not run on this day. So we're like in the parking lot, like, you know, like, how the heck are we going to get to the city? There's no buses out, cab's expensive. So, so um, I just start kind of going to the park, a bus there. And I talked to this driver and I was like, so are you, we're headed to Amman. Are you going there? He's like, eventually. And I'm like, well, where are you going? He's like, mm, well, you know, we're, we might be taking a detour south, but we will go to Amman. And of course you're allowed to ride with us. So like 200 miles south. Yeah. Way south. 
And uh, so, but then within three minutes later, he's like, let me, let me ask my client. It's sort of a private book, bus book for the day. And then next thing you know, there are We're like standing these, there with our luggage. Yeah. Is 20 women, and this is, you know, this is Ben, and they're all conservatively dressed with hijabs and, you know, headscarves and, and whatnot, and, and they are coming over with the biggest smiles ever, and he asks in, in Jordanian if, if, if that, uh, you know, can, can they come? They're like, of That's course, yeah. of course, like, come on in, can we offer you some tea? We just made the tar sandwiches, like, where are you from? They don't like, even have to, they just, like, grab our luggage, yeah. like, throw it in the back, they're like, you're coming with us, like, we're going south, and... Oh, my goodness, and then the next thing you know, the music starts going on, they're like, come dance, and we're like, we're in a moving bus going 50 miles an hour around, like, curvy mountain roads, and the music is blasting, and they, we are just, like, having a dance party, and laughing to the point that our cheeks are like throbbing, and you know, turns driving kind policemen of with like tea. We, we got pulled over by a few different policemen on this trip, partly just like the normal check, but also you know, it's a group of like twenty women dancing in a bus with like two white tourists. So they'd like peek in, and they'd be like point at us and be like, "Hey, what's up?" And then the girls would be pour them tea and like <laughs> give them biscuits from like their stash and like. They, you know, they'd warm them up and then we'd be off on the road and speeding and dancing. And we're still in touch with women from this bus and um, are so glad that we did it. Yeah. And the vi we actually did a little video montage. I mean, it's pretty rough because we didn't have like equipment. It was just cell phone video, like Snapchat style. But it's up on our Facebook pages, the video of the, uh, you know, dancing with these Jordanian ladies. No, no. I mean, look, I, I love that story. That highlights just one of the most beautiful things about travel. And, and you know, both of you are highlighting what I always like to say when you travel, you go into new cultures is um, finding new connectors. You know, to me, you know, sports, food, music, these are things that, that always bring people together. Um, I've, I've particularly been an athlete all my life. And whenever, when I was a kid, I, I used sports to, to find, to connect to people, whether it was the local sport there or the same sport that I had by playing uh, in their intramural leagues, uh, having a meal, the local meal, a lot of times it's a good way to just meet people, um, traveling locally as well. Same thing. And if, if you're trying to experience that local vibe and maybe dabble in some of the touristy things as well, just do the things you normally do in the place they normally do it. You know, go grocery shopping, go, you know, to take a, take a local ride, play sports there, and you will learn a whole lot more than you probably anticipated. Uh, if you were just going to just check off a few uh, sites uh, on, on, your, on your map. So uh, I love that you had that type of story because uh, – Yeah. Yeah. I love that you made the sports point too. We make a point of that in the book. Mike and I actually met playing volleyball. So this is a shared passion of ours. And, you know, whenever we see a game going on, be it in Indonesia or Peru, we'll just hang on the sidelines for a minute. Maybe we don't have any common language shared, but we, you know, you just sort of stand there with a smile and show that your interest, cheer them on, and, you know – we will get waved onto the court. And the next thing you know, you've made 12 new friends. Exactly. And so yeah. it's, yeah, sports are a great connector. And I've, just don't be shy. Like, just yeah. Yeah. go be a fan. And then, you know, you'll you'll likely be asked to be a player too. Absolutely. Look, I, I always tell people I grew up in the, for the first nine years of my life in a military dictatorship. But whenever the World Cup, the Olympics, or anything was going on, it's like the country forgot that we were fighting. <laughs> uh, right. This happens all over too, where everybody, you know, we have over 250 tribes in Nigeria. So, you know, everybody's like, yes, yes. Uh, the same thing with music, right? Same thing with any, anything that we, all these things we take for granted, music, movies, all these food, communal things. 
use those things. There's power in that, and we can learn lessons from that because there's always that common goal that you're, you're or common experience rather that you're sharing. Um, so yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are getting ready to wrap up, but I want to leave this next 10, 20, however more minutes you, you need to talk about this book. The Ultimate Journey for Two, Why Should People Buy This Book? I mean, you, you, you have 75 featured destinations, several top tens, travel hacks. You have other couples who are, are sharing their own tips. You have YouTube stars as well doing the same thing. So this is crossing all generations. It's not for, it's not catered for a certain type of person. It's catered for anyone that wants to travel. So I just, I'm just curious to hear you all talk about why the, the audience should really get this book. Well, the, you know, it's, it's a book about couples travel mostly in the sense that we wanted to flip that on its head. You know, there are many books about romantic travel and that usually comes out in the form and candlelit dinners and rolls petals on the bed. We really believe that getting out there, having shared experiences and having adventures is romantic. It is a, one of the best formative bonding experiences you could have as a couple and you know the greatest way to celebrate a relationship is, is to go out there and and, and have those shared experiences because you will remember them forever and grow from them together so we wanted to to put that ha- how travel has changed our lives together out and into this book and then also um we didn't want to put you know paris and kyoto and kind of the obvious places in there we wanted people to stop thinking about places they've heard of that their friends talk about but think about what are your passions what are your interests travel is a way to fulfill those and we've organized it by type of experience so you know there's a chapter on mountains beaches jungles uh, snow and ice road trips that idea where so whatever you're craving if you're thinking, you know, I just need a good road trip or, you know, I want to get back to, to, to nature and, you know, hike a mountain and breathe some fresh air. Like you could discover new places based on what you're interested in or what you're, you're feeling for that upcoming trip. So it's organized that way. And then we also put in, you know, couples travel advice. It's, it's a, it's an incredible bonding experience, but it, there are some challenges and we put in all that we've learned from traveling as a pair, but we also reached out to some incredibly inspiring couples travelers, most of them who are also nomads and say, Hey, what works for you? Like what's, what's your tip for couples travel advice? Also, what's your favorite place? Cause we get to pick 75, but you get to pick one. So collectively, this is a really powerful selection of destinations that have all made an incredible impact on our lives. And we are thrilled to share them with uh, other couples looking to, to go farther afield beyond the Cancuns and, um, you know, yeah. more obvious destinations. Totally. And I would add in that, like, even though, you know, we're, we're long-term travelers, like we've been on the road for six years now, but the book is not, you know, trying to tell people you need to travel long-term to have these experiences. It's not really like the honey trek story. You know, we, it's mainly about these destinations with some of our story woven in, like some of those little fun anecdotes that we've been talking about on the call to kind of make these places real. But it's about giving people like every destination in the book can be done as like a one, two week little side trip. If you want to pair a few of them together and go for a month or longer that, you know, that's totally cool. And we actually make, we try and make a a roadmap for that so that, you know, for every destination, you know, so, you know, looking for, to explore more on this continent and we'll try and link you to a nearby destination or there's a section in the back called dream itinerary. So when you do have maybe a couple weeks to travel, we take these 75 destinations and then link some of the most uh, ones that make sense logistically and that are just epic and would make an incredible uh, journey. And that like not a lot of the destinations in the book are 
ones that people haven't heard of or the ones that people have heard of, well, let's say like Machu Picchu, we try and find a unique angle to experience these destinations. So, you know, we're trying to inspire people to get off the track a little bit. And if they want to go to some of these more well-known places, well, here's a few tips from our experience because every single place uh, of the 75 in the book, including, you know, aside from the ones that were written by the other couples, we visited personally. And we chose these 75 out of, we've been to about 540 different regions of the world now on this trip. And this is like our top 75 that we think are just going to be epic adventures. And, and there are a lot of adventures. Each destination has three or four different outdoor adventures. So there's, that's a big component of the book. And yeah, just about connecting with the people there and different ways to do that in, a, in an enjoyable and helpful manner to leave these places better than we found them. So yeah, hopefully it, it inspires some couples to get out there and either travel more or travel a little differently, connect with people. And yeah, we're just excited to hear, hear where it takes people. No, I love it. I love it. And you, you mentioned something there and, uh, you talked about you, you, you have some personal anecdotes and sometimes you talk about the challenges that come with traveling. I'm just curious to hear if you could touch on that a little bit more. What type of challenges did you experience and how did both of you overcome them? The, uh, you know, there's always this urge to go fast. And when you, when you go fast, you're, you're, running late for a bus and then like a little spat comes up because you've missed the bus and you're that kind of thing. And, and to kind of learn to roll with the punches, right? To not get upset about these little snafus. Give yourself more time to make mistakes because it's okay. You'll, you learn from mistakes. You'll get funny stories from mistakes. So it's to kind of bring that stress level down by, um, you know, being forgiving, knowing that the other one is, is it's all for the, you know, for the love of being where you are, you know, don't lose sight of this opportunity. Travel is an opportunity. So if you get hung up over like some nitpicky little thing and you'll miss the incredible place right before your eyes. So know that when you travel, like to take a level of patience and tolerance for, you know, any little annoyances that might, you know, blow up into something just that's going to waste that, that opportunity. And another tip, like along that, uh, that same thread of traveling fast versus slow, and it's, you know, very hard for us to, as nomads and, and explorers to, to slow down. But we, we, have, we have some clients. We actually just uh, started a travel agency called Honey Trek Trips, where we help people plan more, you know, one to two week trips around the world. And we have some clients that come and, and they'll say, well, I've got 10 days and I'm looking to hit like these four countries in Europe. And I'm like, well, one, you're coming from the States. And, you know, so like to try and pack in these four countries, people feel like they just need to accomplish so much because they only have this one trip per year. But you're really not only doing a disservice to the places you visit, because you may only have one full day or, you know, a day and a half in each of these countries or cities even. But also, like Anne said, it'll cause some stress because you're trying to catch the trains. You're worried about your next hotel reservation and packing up your bags every morning. Like those things can make a trip more stressful and kind of, um, not allow you to truly ingest and like and be in the place that you are and so. seize opportunities as they come. I mean, that's the idea of it's like you know there, there are things that that you just won't know until you're on the ground. You know, oh, there's a festival happening tonight. Oh, you meet someone lovely and they've invited you to a to a, a wedding. I mean, that kind of thing does happen on the road. Where and if you leave yourself a little bit of flexibility, um, you know, you're open to those incredible opportunities as they arise, and you can pivot versus. Nope, can't go to that uh, to that uh, festival because I have a dinner reservation that I can't miss. You know, it's it's having sort of the 
you know, having a framework for your journey, you know, to know where you're going loosely, but then also uh, leave room for those moments of serendipity. So to sum it up, I would say, we know, I never thought about this, but travel slow when you're in a place, like be in a place, but travel often. So you can still get to a lot of places, travel as much as you can, affect your life and your job and your career so that you have more flexibility and free time. When you get there, go slow, but go as often as you can get, as you can be out on the road. Wow. 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 Travel slow, travel often, goes often. That, that is a beautiful paradox. I love it. Uh, and that, that's, that's amazing. That's a, that's a, a wonderful way to bookend this book. I'm a little mad that you didn't go to Nigeria, but it's all, it's all good. It's fine. Hey, Dave. we're still out there. We're, let's go. <laughs> Next time you go, we'll go. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Um, <laughs> where can people find out more about what you're up to? And congrats on the travel agency, bud. Thank you very much. Yeah, everything uh, that we've discussed and links to our book and the travel agency and uh, all of our socials over on Honey Trek, which is H-O-N-E-Y, like a honeymoon, and then T-R-E-K, like a long never-ending walk around the world. So honeytrek.com, and then if people are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, wherever you're at, we're Honey Trek on all of those things. The book's also on Amazon. If you want Amazon Prime, it'll be at your house, I think, in two days right now. If you want a signed copy by us with a special phrase or somebody in your life that uh, you think could use a little more travel or you want to inspire your loved one, we'll, we'll handwrite a message to them. Those are all over on our website. That's the place to get that. And yeah, we just love hearing from people, hearing questions. If people want to ask us things on Facebook, ask them publicly on our wall so that other people can learn from, from your questions. We're happy to share tips on getting free flights and lodging and how to get local and how to stay safe. I mean, it's it's what we do and it's why we do it is to inspire more people to just get out there and experience all the beauties of the world. So we're happy to uh, help share our tips and everything we know so that other people can, can get on their own journey. And for this audience, because it's, it's a nomad audience, um, we also have, which we've run this for three years now, uh, Trip Coach, which is the idea where it's not about planning all the details of your trip, but get wrapping your head around long-term travel, making a plan so you can save up and then make a strategy to you know leave your home and get out there and explore the world and have it be you know an asset to your career and and not shake up your world but you know enhance it. So those uh, are all one on one where we we tailor it to like what what your concerns are, what your goals are, and all the experience that we have and knowledge we've gained. You know, impart that and uh, and you know be your support out there. Awesome, Wow. thank you so much and. This has been a pleasure for me. This has been a wonderful way to, uh, we're almost no at noon here on the Eastern Times, a wonderful way to, to, um, wrap up the morning. But before I let you all go, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. And it's the foundation of everything I do. And it's, a, you know, it's what I do with my company and the podcast. And I ask all my guests the same question as I wrap up. You know, how do you, Mike, and use your difference to make a difference? I mean, I think one thing that, I mean, we're kind of different in that we haven't worked anywhere for six years. Like we, we've, we've kind of formed this, this company out of a love for travel. And we do, we do think about it. We actually just gave a, we gave a keynote speech. We got invited to keynote a big blogger conference called TBEX over in Jerusalem. And, you know, being a contentious place like it is, and, and like you alluded to earlier in the, you know, in our interview, like how, the issues going around globally and people stoking fears. I mean, we, the title of our talk was how travel bloggers can change the world. And 
it wasn't just a hyperbole like, oh, let's, you know, get some butts and seats and make some grandiose statement. Like we truly believe that travel writers, journalists, photographers, newspaper, you know, newspaper editors, like these people, we're all in this one, you know, big ecosystem where we're sharing what a lot of people don't get to experience. I mean, we talk about getting out there, but, you know, granted, the majority of people uh, are not going to get out there and see these countries and get to Nigeria and ride the local train in Cambodia. But, you know, but we're out there sharing it. We're sharing that love of these other people, their experiences, their real life. And to me, I think that's the biggest way that we can make a positive impact on society is showing the beauty of these people, not just the places, because taking beautiful Instagram photos of destinations is is pretty easy. You can do that in a day and fly in and fly out, but showing these real people and how they make these places so beautiful and that we all just need to live as, uh, you know, one world, one love out there. And hopefully our blog inspires some people to do that. And we're going to keep going as long as we can at it. Awesome. I love that so much. Thank you so much. Both of you are beautiful individuals. You are are noble gentlemen and lady. Uh, <laughs> and, and I just want to thank you for all that you do. Thank you for um, encouraging us to be brave. Thank you for encouraging us to be curious and uh, just, you know, helping us to realize that, you know, we are greater than we often give ourselves credit for. So here's to those leapers without seeing the net appear. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks right. again. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.